Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Gene Lewis from the REMAX Alliance Jen and Gene team serving the Metro St. Louis area. Jen has been a licensed real estate agent for 18 years, but worked as a hobbyist until she teamed up with her friend and real estate partner, Jennifer Teske. The two got serious about the business, and in their first year of total commitment to real estate, they sold 46 homes. Since then, they've increased their volume in leaps and bounds, completing 61 transactions last year and ramping up to an impressive 100 transactions in only the first 10 months of 2015. Jean joins us today to discuss the secret to her team's success in real estate and to discuss the role that coaching has played in providing mentorship to help take her business to the next level. Now, let's welcome Jean to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. Jean, welcome to the show, and thank you very much for being my co-host and our very special guest. Uh, Julie told me about your um, production and the fact that you guys broke 100 units this year. And when Julie told me about that, I just had to have you on the show. So congratulations for having uh, such a great year, and thank you for being my co-host. Thank you. It's my pleasure. What does it feel like? Because a lot of listeners um, want to know what it feels like, right? Because, you know, you're not new in the business. You've been in the business for a while. Was 100 units always the goal? And what does it feel like now that you've you've exceeded that goal? Because you sold 107 units. Well, it's so surreal. I say that about every day. Um, Don't know how we did it besides kind of how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And it was one transaction at a time. Um, But it's so exciting and I ran across an email the other day that I had sent to Jen last year congratulating us on reaching our goal about this time. And I oh, it was later in the year. I said, I don't know how we'll do it again next year, and look where we are. <laughs> so what did you do? What was your total units last year? Remind me. 61. 61. So this was a, uh, in terms of sheer percents, this is a significant increase in business. I'm trying to do the numbers in my head. It's over 40%. That's pretty impressive. So what did you do differently year over year to have such an incredible increase in sales volume? Because your market didn't increase by 40% year over year. In the metro St. Louis area, you guys did something different. What were the like the top three things that you did differently or better or maybe that you hadn't been doing in the past that you did this year to exceed your goal at such an impressive level? Well, first, um, just over three years ago, we we were hobbyists raising kids, and we decided we're either going to do this or we're not going to do this because it's a tough business if you're not committed. So we decided to go to a national convention. At the time, we were not affiliated with a franchise, so we had been working on our CRS designation, so we went to celebration. And I said before we went, Jen, we, we're going to decide. We're either all in or we're going to do something different. But if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right, and we're going to get a coach. So we did hire a coach at that point in time, and um, it, it just has 
gone gangbusters since then. It was, and the third thing is, so one was commitment. Second was um, hiring a coach. And third was relentless follow-up on all of our systems. All right. So I'm going to – well, yes, those are great points. I hope our listeners are paying attention. I'm going to drill down on the first thing you said because it's really important. Um, actually, it's commitment, right? You said all in. We decided we were going to be all in. Um, what does that mean? Specifically, like, I want our listeners to hear your words, and if you can remember how you felt like or thought like or acted like before you were all in versus being all in, right? So what did all in mean specifically to you? I've always been a learner, so I've always read and listened and gone to trainings, and I actually have two education degrees. I I never really planned to be a salesperson, and I didn't. I was kind of a secret agent, as you like to say. I never really went out there and promoted myself. Um, but when I realized that I had something greater to offer that most people were not offering, and that was systems and checklists and pure care that the transaction and the experience, whether even we got to to completion, but the experience in real estate was not as daunting as it oftentimes seems, and that I could walk them through with total confidence that they were getting the best service available. So what I'm hearing you say is that for you, when you guys decided to be all in, you decided to uh, take every aspect of what you were doing professionally and ratchet it up. And I'm sure in some cases it was ratcheted up by 100%, ratcheted up by 10%. And I heard you say you professionalized, you systematized your approach, your systems, your business. You became confident. You're obviously an education-based person, and maybe before you decided to be all in, you weren't living up to your own level, your own personal standards. Am I right? You are right. Okay. So you, why were you holding yourself back before why what was it that was holding yourself back from saying i'm going to be all in what was keeping you in that sort of holding pattern because that's where a vast majority of people spend their entire lives getting ready to get started but you didn't you decided to go all in well i it, it did take me several years to come to the point where i had to decide that this was really the career i wanted i think we all go through um, especially college freshmen, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And so we do reinvent ourselves. So I struggled with, do I want to go back to the university setting and help students and student services there? So I loved that, and I loved working with people. I loved putting on programs, but it wouldn't fit my life raising my two boys. So that's where my struggle was. But then when I, I, I actually dabbled, getting back into the university and Jen carried our business. And then the next year, Jen decided she wanted to do some finance stuff and I carried the business. And that's at that point is when we, after each of us took a year off somewhat, we said, okay, we're either going to do this or not do this. And one thing early in the year on one of your radio shows that has really helped me is when you talked about goal setting and I'm not sure if it was you or Julie that said, when you set goals, you have to share them with the people around you, your work people, but especially your family, because other things are going to take second seat or not be in the picture at this point in time. So that has helped me work at this level when I remind my husband and my children, this is a building year. We're going to need at least three years to build this business so that we have a machine 
So I really fall back on that and appreciate you guys sharing to tell people what your goals are. Well, thank you for thanking us. I appreciate it. But you're also now telling me something else that's even worth uh, that we need to drill down on too. You set the expectation with obviously yourself first and then your family that this was going to be a process. So you got sort of a communal buy-in that this is a voyage we're going on and this is so how did you like sell that especially to your boys? How did you get them to understand that listen, mom's going to mom is focusing on this particular goal. I mean, I mean these are kids, so you had to have in some ways made uh, built in an incentive program for them, right? I mean, you had to make it so that they understood why the sacrifice was going to be worth it. How did you do that? Well, one went off to college in the midst of it, so that made it a little easier, but I work hard at sending packages and sending notes um, and not just the calls and texts. Um, The other one was able to drive, so it really was more of a timing, but the one that my son who's still at home is taking more responsibility and I am rewarding him and I am sharing my business success with them. So you know, they understand you, that that's what it takes. Yeah, but you think about this. This is kind of, you know, this is kind of cool. I mean, Julie and I have a 2-year-old, you know, I'm sure. And Zoe, and it's interesting that like what you did right there is you basically put in motion a um an example that your boys will follow for the rest of their lives. They're going to remember for the rest of their lives uh, when mom decided to drill down and you know basically decided to go all in, and it took time, it took work, and then she really exceeded her goals. I mean, that's something that's motivational, or it should be for a lot of people, because a lot of people uh, feel that I can't fully commit. I'm just going to keep the all-in theme for the rest of this radio show. A lot of people rationalize they can't uh, go all-in because they are they feel like they're sacrificing uh, their family, or they're sacrificing their this or their that, their other. You know, had, did you ever go through emotional kind of ups and downs dealing with those thoughts? I, if I did, it was for a very short period of time because I didn't mention that we changed coaches because that coach that we selected was not a good fit for our personality types. But we both were committed to coaching, and we found Julie and Tim. And I will say, your radio show is what grabbed us because of your positive. Um, tone at all times, uh, no moaning and groaning, no berating, um, and also you are so intelligent and you are ahead of the market. You know where the market's going. You're not trying to catch up, and I love the forward thinking. So whenever we have those tough times, then we usually have a call with Julie, and um, you know Julie meets us where we are. She helps us pick up the balls we've dropped. She allows us to give ourselves permission to let something um, kind of marinate or percolate and work on the, just stay focused on the main things. It's kind of like when you go to a conference, you learn all these new things and you go back and do none of them. So we try to focus on let's find three things that we're going to master and, and then that's a success. Um, again, thank you for the kind words. And going back to what you just said as far as like uh, the focus, Right. Um, and this is a. I hope our listeners are appreciating this as much as I am, because you really are a testament to what it takes to sell over 100 houses a year. And the next question I'm going to ask you will. Here's the thing. It's funny about this. I know I'm going to ask this question. I already know what you're going to say, and you and I aren't working off a script. We're just having a nice chat, right? 
But I'm going to ask a question, and then some of the listeners out there, the skeptical listeners, because 100,000 people listen to our shows, right? They're going to think that you're holding back. They're going to think, oh, she's not telling me the real secrets in what she's doing, or, you know, she's got some sort of, you know, side deal where she's able to get business from. Because people don't want to hear that to be successful, it takes repetitious boredom. People don't want to hear that to be successful, it takes doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And I always laugh when I say that because I could just, having said those words in front of so many people at this point, I always picture the audience's faces when I say that and how it resonates with like one of them, you know, because nobody wants to be told that to be successful, it takes doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, listeners, please remember that. It's so, so important. And if you're looking for a shortcut, if you're looking for a silver bullet, you're never going to achieve in life what you could if you're willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So, Gene, to go from where you were to where you are, what specific changes come to mind uh, that you had to implement? What are the things – you talked about the three things, but what are the practical things that you had to do that you weren't doing before? Well – um, the mind shift was the number one thing, and to have full confidence in what I was doing and that I, I am the best, and I'm going to give the best service. Um, and it comes from a place of kindness and compassion and a heart of a teacher. Um, the second thing would be um, taking one system at a time and mastering that and trying to learn from others, sharing sharing ideas, masterminding, so that I could get that system honed and easily executed every time. Follow one course is um, successful, right? Focus. That's what right, you're describing. Right. 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 Did so you, third, do you keep a schedule? What I mean, scheduling, is that a part of your life? Is it's not where I want it to be, um, and that's why I'm so excited that we've we've reached our goal. Um, and Julie taught us that. You know, I, I love hearing it. Don't take your foot off the gas, um, because we did see a lull in January and February last year. Um, so we're still working hard at all of our leads and listings, but we are working on our treasure map and our goals for. 2016 and just kind of regrouping okay perfect so like um scheduling right uh you're having a time block schedule what up okay lead generation so that's a little you guys you've heard that on the radio show listeners a billion times you read books about you know successful people in any industry you'll see that's a commonality amongst all of them they have disciplined lives that are based on that are scheduled generally speaking they have scheduled out mornings that end around noon. That's how most successful people, um, that's how they live. They do the same thing every single day, hell or high water, no matter how they feel, no matter what the weather is, no matter what the news is, no matter what the whatever is, they do it no matter what. That's one of the key elements to being consistently successful. Um, in a lot of agents, unfortunately, experience ups and downs in their cash flow. Well, they also experience ups and downs in their quality of their life. If you just accept the fact that doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level starts with basically having a schedule, and during that scheduled time, you focused on you focus on core disciplines, and as Gene is elegantly saying, you master those things. You don't just basically become a 
sort of a hobbyist of, say, for example, doing uh, lead generation, or you don't become a hobbyist of doing uh, pre-qualification. You you have a system. You say a thing the same way every single time, but then you start getting predictable results. That is what a business uh, is. It's essentially a series of systems that, when overlaid, you know, when they're overlaid on top of each other, they start producing consistent results. So let's talk about lead generation. Where are your? What are your pr- primary lead generators? Well, let's see. The first one I would say this year in particular has been referrals um, from all kinds of sources, and it's the compounding effect that you've told us about and we've learned about. It's it's just happening like crazy. So um, CRS designation has sent a lot. Uh, St. Louis uh, Realtors see our numbers because we share some different portals, and they send uh, business our way. We actually got one from Steve uh, Parrish and his wife, and then we oh, made good. the connection because I'd heard it on the radio show. Um, also, the Dave Ramsey ELP program, I've been very successful in capturing those leads. Um, I primarily do buyers, and Jen primarily does the listings, but I capture the leads because I get on them quick. I have systems to get to video to call, to text, and to email, and I follow up. So I'm hearing also you had a number of different spokes in your lead generation wheel that generate consistent buyer business for you. Uh, you guys obviously, what is, uh, on the listing side of things, what are you guys doing to generate the listing leads? Um, really, mostly just our presence in the community. Um, we have our pictures on all of our signs. Um, they stand out. And a lot of them come from our signs and past clients. And I love that you guys taught us that, you know, taking 50% of the listings you go on isn't good enough. And it's great to hear Jen will come back and she'll analyze how she did. And she saw a sign she didn't get the other day. And she said, the reason I didn't get it is because I pop-tarted. Somebody called me and said, I want you to meet this person. They want to list their house. And I ran over there. And so I threw every didn't system, system and every right? – Right, and professionalism. Yeah. So she said, I blew it. Well, right. She didn't have, She didn't pre-qualify. She didn't send the pre-listing pack. She didn't know the seller's motivation. She didn't know what the seller thought the house was worth. She didn't know if she was competing. She didn't know if they'd already interviewed. So having all those questions answered, she probably would have taken that listing. So let's talk about what you guys are doing specifically to generate business from your centers of influence and past clients, because that's obviously a big source of business for you. Other than the signs, which you've mentioned, what other things are you guys overtly doing to remind the folks that you're in business and would love to help them? Well, we do regular mailings like most other realtors. Um, Now we're sending one out that puts us as a – Um, professional in the industry telling them what's going on in the industry not just a recipe card we don't send those but um, what the last quarter has done um, in their specific market Uh, we always have a call to action Um, that's what comes to mind right off the top of my head those are good things. But so I like the fact that you have a call to action. Um a call to action obviously is what it sounds like, you know. Uh it's something that basically is going to get them to want to pick up the phone or send an email. Um, you know, it's something uh, maybe a reporter or CMA offers those are traditional ones. So guys, making sure that if you're gonna be doing mailings, 
that you do do mailings that are asking the person to take action. And um, coaching clients, make sure you talk to your coaches about that because we have a long list of uh, things that you could be mailing every single month that are unique. Don't do what everybody else is doing. There's a lot of really um, great studies that are done on the fact that sometimes people want to be communicated with your past clients but they don't want to talk to you about real estate. So you can talk to them about other things that are timely. There's a lot of great services out there. Again, coaching clients, go to our preferred providers list, and you'll get some of the suggestions on who you might want to engage if you want to completely delegate it. You said something earlier, and it's it's kind of been lingering in my mind because I think it's interesting. You have an education background. um, So it's been my experience being a coach forever that folks that have uh, backgrounds like yours the antithesis of those people is being a salesperson. Did you struggle with the idea that you're a salesperson, let alone saying I'm a salesperson? Because I heard you say that. I did for years, and it wasn't until I made the connection that I wasn't trying to be a salesperson. I was providing a very, very needed service. And the angle that I, you know, I bring it with checklists. I bring it with information and some things that will make you laugh. Um, things things that are going to happen. I love that list that I share with my buyers. Things, these things are going to happen, and they're the craziest things, but they happen. Um, so just trying to stay in touch with them through different types of media um, because everybody learns differently. So sometimes somebody doesn't want you texting them all the time. Um, so my education background has made that connection where I don't feel like I'm a greasy salesperson. I feel like I'm, I know I'm providing a very needed service. Was your mindset that you don't want to be perceived as you said, a greasy salesperson, how much did that mindset keep you from actually, you know, drilling down and going to the next level? The very thought that you were worried about your perception as being a greasy salesperson. Um, I think for 14 years, I, Rarely told anyone I sold real estate. That's interesting. That's pretty bad. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Well, it is what it is. It's not. It's normal. You know, it's normal, especially in the real estate industry. And we have all these institutions that are basically that exist to sort of reinforce that um, unhealthy perception of what we do. We are salespeople. That is, listeners. You know, there's nothing wrong with the word salesperson. Matter of fact, the most successful people in the history of history have been salespeople. Oh, no, Tim, you can't say that. The religious leaders aren't salespeople. You want to bet? Of course they are. You know, Jesus Christ was a salesperson. You know, the best presidents in the world were salespeople. Doctors, great doctors, anyone who's at the top of their profession uh, is, at their core, a great salesperson. They're able to convey a thought that uh, results in certain actions happening. That's what a salesperson does. Uh, The very struggle, the emotional, mental struggle of saying, I am a salesperson, and now my mission in life is to become the best salesperson I possibly can so that in doing so, I'll be able to help more people at a high level. When you embrace that and really realize what a great salesperson does uh, is help people, then your mindset is you feel emotionally free then to figure out your scripts, the dialogues, the presentations. You then figure out you're not a secret agent anymore. You're trying to figure out how to help as many people as you can because you're excited about the opportunity to help people. Um, Let yourself go. Release that really ridiculous thought that you're not a salesperson and then take on the exciting opportunity of becoming the best salesperson you possibly can. You know, and 
in doing so, you'll also become a fantastic business person because you can't be a great, successful business owner without being a great, successful salesperson. No business exists without a really strong sales mindset. None. No no business ever will. You have to have somebody that's willing to go out there and do the hard work. So looking forward, tell me about your goals. What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to having uh, more balance um, and being able to plan out the year. It's just like Julie said it would be. Um, Plan my vacations more appropriately so that I don't take them whenever it's crazy busy. Um, Mm. Take them to rejuvenate and get myself laser focused because we all know that when we get ready for a vacation, we get 10 times more done than on a normal day. So spreading those out. So just a lot of nuggets um, that Julie has shared with us. I'm really excited. I'm working on on those goals and my personal goals. And Jen and I had had a conversation about rather than doing a coaching call together, that maybe we were at a point that we have one separately so that we can get more focused on our balance and our lives and our, you know, because family has taken a back seat. So, and they will for the next year or so, because it's going to take that time to really get the businesses where they need to be. But that doesn't mean that we can't be moving the balance back into pure alignment. That, so that is the normal progression of somebody who's done what you guys have done. Um, You know, the going from being a good agent to being one of the agents that are selling 100, 200, 300 homes per year. The normal progression is that it does require uh, essentially the reprioritization of, I'm not going to use the word sacrifice so other people would, that is in essence a sacrifice, but it is a reprioritization. It's like, you know, the five areas of life that people set goals around. If you're deciding that you're going to set your goals around financial goals, then there's probably a good chance that some of the other aspects of your life, because of the fact that you're focusing so much on the financial goal, are going to sort of take a back seat. And what I'm hearing you say is that you're going to work on with your coach is you're going to work on basically getting some of those things back into, you said, your family. You're going to start you know, putting more emphasis and focus on your family. A lot of agents struggle with that. And I, I'm curious, what do you, how are you going to do it? What are you thinking? Obviously, you're going to work with your coach on this, but you're busy, you're in demand, people are calling, you're getting emails, you're getting texts, you're getting, you know, people are know who you are. You're selling over 100 houses a year. You're one of the most successful agents in the country at this point. Sorry to, if that's causing you to be stressed out. How are you going to basically pull back on the throttle a little bit without losing the, moment, the momentum that you have worked so hard to build? Well, so many people mention this book, but the Miracle Morning is amazing. And then I've printed the highlights that you have on your um, website to remind myself of those things. And when I get up early, I can stay more on task on my daily schedule. And I'm not necessarily going to make a lot of changes, but that early morning is going to help me have dinner prepared um, have my son's breakfast ready, those things that I don't want to miss. I only have a year and a half left till he's off in college, so I'm not going to miss him. I'm not going to give up my career. I'm just going to be more focused on my schedule and meeting those goals daily. So, you know, here's the irony of it. You already, I, listening to what you just said, you already realized this. You could easily do what you're doing now 
but if you did have a schedule that you were uh, disciplined in following, you could get everything you're getting done now and say a 12-hour day, probably done, if we're being honest, in like four hours, true or false. True. And and I do do that schedule. I just get away from it. You know, things go crazy. And then you get away from it, then you pull out your daily schedule, your block schedule, and you start over. It's kind of like your, um, what's your game, the daily success game. Daily success game, Pull that yes. back out. So the daily success game, by the way, we're making, it to, we're making it into an iPhone app. So that's hopefully going to be something we'll have done in the next 60 days. So then basically the, uh, you'll be able to see how other users, other coaching clients that are also using the daily success game, you'll be able to sort of see what they're doing. You know, agents all over the country and, you know, some, type, some places all over the, you know, Italy and Canada and Mexico. You, so that'll be kind of fun. You'll be able to see who actually is also sticking to their disciplines. And you'll see that you'll be able to interact directly with people that are having, you know, similar struggles, maybe remembering to make their X number of over-the-phone contacts every day. So we're going to hopefully have an opportunity to help you even take that to the next level. So for the agents out there that are listening and they're motivated by you and they're saying, hey, you know what, maybe this isn't something that requires some kind of, like, secret handshake, or, or maybe I do have at my fingertips everything it takes for me to be wildly successful in this business. Um, what would you like to say to those folks? Or maybe if I reframe it, what would you have liked to said to yourself, say, three years ago? If we had the ability to send this radio show back three years and you were going to listen to it, what would you like to say to the you 36 months ago? Um, find a mentor and start working on a mastermind group. But the mentor is the number one thing. And if you're not at the level you want to be at, then maybe that mentor will help get you on that path. And also, get a coach. You're, it doesn't matter if you're not making any money. You need a coach. Um, you said you had switched coaches. You had originally started with a coach, and then you switched coaches. And you said it wasn't a match for your personality. A lot of people have had experiences where they basically were starting on one path with one coach, and they realized it wasn't a fit. Um, can you, for the listeners out there who, you know, because, yeah, there's it, obviously Julie and I are in the coaching business, so I'm a proponent of coaching, duh, but we have coaches too in our own personal life, and they do help to hold you accountable. They do give you an outside perspective. They do, you know, call you out on your BS, but you had entered into a relationship that wasn't a good fit for you. Can you talk to the listeners about how you knew it wasn't a good fit, and yet you didn't allow yourself to get burned out on coaching? You decided... You're, you believed in coaching enough that you were going to still re-engage once you found the right coach. Can you can you kind of walk people through that process? Sure. Uh, I felt, or we felt, uh, we we were getting a lot of um, negative feedback, um, or just not not much kindness. It was more like a drill sergeant, and my mother was dying, and I took off two weeks to be with her, and, you know, I was told, that you know, quit using your bag of excuses. So we all have personal things that come up, and I just felt that that tactic did not work for me. I work well with praise, and when I screw up, I need direction and correction and encouragement, and that's that's what I went seeking, and that's what I've found. Not, and that other kind of coaching is good for people who make excuses, but um, I don't like intimidation, and uh, it just wasn't a good fit. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and so, listeners, 
you guys can do it too. Wherever you are in your, uh, generally speaking, a lot of our listeners are already successful. We have a lot of new agents. I'm really actually surprised how many agents listen to the show that are brand new. And I can tell based on the questions that they send in to us. Uh, but a vast majority are right in that middle group. They're selling 25, 35, 40, 50 houses a year, and they've been there for a long, long time. And they're wanting to know how to go to the next level. And they're like, you may be sometimes wasting time with um, programs that aren't a good fit for them, or they're spending too much time on, you know, just passive lead generation stuff, and they're just not getting anywhere. Well, they might be spending more money, but they're not actually selling more houses or making more net profit. Guys, there is a proven path to follow. Um, and, you know, we've been telling you about this proven path on the radio show. You can go back and listen to our hundreds of past shows, and all the breadcrumbs are there. But there is a proven path to follow, and it works for everybody. Uh, and, by the way, it's the proven path, the system Julie and I created and all of our coaches coach people to, you know, the checklists, the scripts, the objection handlers, the presentations, that's something that we created. But the mindset and the approach is something that's been around forever. You can see it on uh, when you again when you read successful biographies when you are around people like Gene who are successful who basically work through the mindset issues that it takes to become successful. You know the old Chinese proverb that I like to use on the radio show: "A smart man learns from his mistakes, or a woman, obviously, and a brilliant man or woman learns from the mistakes of others." So I encourage you to stop trying to figure things out on your own and just follow the proven path. Save time, save effort. Make it so you can get to where you want to go faster. That way you can have what you want quicker. And remember, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the mindset of service. If you don't really have the mindset of service where your motivation is principally to help people, you will never be successful for long. Um, It just doesn't work that way. So listen, everyone, this has been a great interview. Hopefully you've learned a lot from it. I've learned a lot from it. It's motivated me. I think you can probably hear it in my voice. If there's anything we can ever do for you, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And when you do, we give you copies of our Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate book and also uh, the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is our business plan. And as always, we really want to sincerely thank our title sponsor, which is mojocells.com. And I think you guys use MojoCells in your business, don't you, Gene? We don't. Oh, you have to. That's the first thing. That's going to be your homework from today's show. <laughs> well, okay. Get Gene on it. Yeah, Mojo Sales is awesome. Yeah, so use MojoSales.com, and uh, it, it's essentially a business lead generation, uh, lead follow-up system in a box. It's very it, – the word I like to use for Mojo is elegant because it's so – it's one of those things that – like if Julie and I would ever decide to sell real estate again, that would be the first thing that I would subscribe to is MojoSells.com. So, Gene, anything else you'd like to say to the, you know, 100,000 or so listeners out there? Anything else you'd like to say to them before you're around the bend on today's show? Um, I would – I would. parting words would be keep learning. Um, there's a great mentor mastermind group waiting for you. Keep looking till you find it. There you go. I love it. Thank you very much for being my co-host today. I enjoyed it. Thank you for being so honest, too. You are really, really honest in the words you are choosing. I can tell you are thinking about it and trying to be deliberate with the intent of helping others, and I sincerely appreciate that. And thank you very much for being on the radio. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Listeners, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, 
visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.